But I think horns are right. I think horns are right. I disagree with all that stuff. Horns are right because that is kind of that's actually the authentically Halloween stereotype. Oh, so, crap. so. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get that. We're, we're, we're intro first. So runes back. Runes back. I'm yawning with my petty rune, and he is my Viking mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so so, so i should yeah, maybe i, I should right? like yeah yeah that was uh, uh, pro probably probably that was M maybe i, I maybe i should like songs. growl like Valhalla. Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> oh the viking metal yeah that's the one uh oh my god nobody knows who we're what we're doing rune rasmussen nordic an animist and um and and just uh doing the most amazing the most amazing stuff for recovering a European way of living in relation and connection, you know, um, to a Thanks real up, past man. embedded in a landscape, embedded in law, um, all of these things, you know, the, the best stuff I've seen there. And I've seen, and I've seen some weird stuff and we'll get into that. I've seen some wrong way stuff. I've seen some, uh, yeah. you know, history seen some wrong way stuff uh, that's been plundering you know, basically self-appropriating to do some evil crap. But we're not really going to get into that today because we're pretty, I don't know, we're pretty excited. We're always excited to talk because we both had the Jesus totally. hair. And our, <laughs> exactly. our mutual friend, you were just saying, our mutual friend, Michelle Gruber, is like, you know, everybody should know who he is. Just um, he's amazing in the space. But he totally. doesn't have the Jesus I, hair. No, that's like, the thing. Get your beard and, on, brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah. Grow some guru beard. That, Who that, the hell is going to watch your YouTube channel? Get, you yeah, exactly. Get a YouTube channel and some guru beer. But... How are you going, bro? Oh, just fine. Just fine. I'm, I'm, well, I'm still sort of trying to survive and trying to, trying to uh, make the um, uh, communicate through the, this Nordic animism umbrella that I've, I'm, I'm still sort of trying to develop and all that stuff. Well, and, I, I, and, heard, and, I heard you've been asked to actually like uh, bring it into school curriculum. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. There was actually um, uh, like the, the Danish school system is, is, is rather decentralized somehow. Mm. And there's this like really kind of activist oriented uh, leftist 
high school or gymnasium not sure what the mm. right word is in english and actually it was it was the students who contacted me and wanted me to teach religion uh and it's the students who are hiring the teachers which is an amazing like i have this 16 year old kid called uh Birk, who who's you know negotiating the whole system in order to hire me as his uh teacher <laughs> and oh, uh, man. and it's uh and what i'm actually gonna suggest when i get uh, contact with them and this is also part of the reason I contacted you before is that I want to try to um, bring the reflection on and the reclaiming on traditional knowledge in the direction of this physical encoding that that you're talking about so much uh, ah. or that you're talking about in your book because it's I don't know I've I've intuitively always felt that that was an important thing that you that you work with something physical it's in the it's in the objects so look here Someone sent me this <laughs> for my birthday. Oh, wow. <laughs> Michel like, recognized immediately the forge that it came from. I showed him the other day. He's like, oh, yeah, that's that's it's hand forged from Sweden. Yay. <laughs> okay. Uh, cool. So someone actually cool. sent me a Viking axe because people. Oh, yeah, I have one too. I want to show you. Mm -mm. I just, um, it's my favorite thing, appropriating your culture. <laughs> it's, my, well, it's my hobby. <laughs> And nobody criticizes me. Ah, oh, ah. Oh. Check us out. Is that from the uh, same same forge? Uh, no, the, uh, no. This is this is a guy I know who's a smith smithy oh, out there. Look um, out! That's the oh. proper one. Every time I bring a tool out, you bring out one that's twice as big. <laughs> Every well, time. What? Well, but I, it's because I have to compensate. Like, like I, 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 when when I read your stuff, I have a feeling that you're like you're a bigger you're a bigger and bigger version than me. Like you, yeah. you probably pack a bigger 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 punch. You have bigger cheeky cheekiness, and then you're a real indigenous person. You know, you you you. I certainly I've been have in, all the cheekiness. In, uh, excuse me. Excuse me. I I I, I certainly have all the cheekiness. That's it. Yeah. I know. Uh, so. So I have to compensate, you know. <laughs> know. Just keep bringing them out. Yeah, no, I love it. In that that last one where you whipped out your massive big flint meat cleaver, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's for carving runes. How big are these freaking runes? Are they like a surfboard? <laughs> like <laughs> these yeah. rune sticks, like a like a log. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, um, I was. So where, 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 where are you working out of now? Are you, so you, are you doing all this, this research now independently of, yeah. of institution now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not currently an institution, mm. uh, but I, I, I have some, I have some ideas that I think are solid enough that I could, I could get into an institution, but, mm. uh, and, and they're also really calling to be made, but, uh, but stuff like, 16 year old kids wanting to employ me to 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 teach teach them traditional knowledge that really calls me a lot yeah. because that that idea of of for instance basically saying okay we need to develop those knowledge processes mm -hmm. and move from an an information data mode into an uh, a practicing mode with mm -hmm. that kind of knowledge that i think that is really important and and the uh, and 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 starting to develop develop that way of mm. handling knowledge, I think, is mm. is uh, key. Actually, yeah, yeah. Well, so, I mean, the 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 problem the problem is in education how things are separated into hard and soft skills and 
also you know separate into different domains of knowledge so you know um what you're talking about is like in this in education that's called craft mm. and craft work yeah. is a is a soft skill it's a non-intellectual mm. skill and it's over there yeah but yeah. the idea that you're creating texts that are filled with knowledge you know when you make mm. these objects you know yeah. that the law that you're carrying is encoded into these objects yeah. and is yeah. transmitted through these objects um mm. that's that's the um that's the reality you know for yeah. human beings and actual human cultures yeah. but um you know the way the knowledge economy has been has been uh, siloed and and sort of butchered and divided up you know and over specialized yeah. and you know different weight is given to different disciplines you know some of the most important um knowledge activities have been relegated to like not even art like mm. it's not even art it's craft yeah like so it's the yeah. same as yeah. you know some old lady down the road who you know glues shells onto a thousand matchboxes and just hoards them in her basement because she doesn't know what else to do with them it's like yeah. it's it's on that level <laughs> yeah it's like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and, to and, and totally and um and with with the distinct like i've also been thinking uh along the lines of landscapes and mm. and how landscapes are uh or deanimated sacred landscapes are destroyed mm. uh this is actually a fairly recent thing that's been going on in northern europe and and like for instance uh, i live inside copenhagen and just the west of copenhagen there's a big forest area and that forest area has ancient sacred sites inside it mm. uh, and i think i'm not sure how many people really know that these places are there i think some of the some of the neo pagans they probably do and they probably mm. go out there sometimes but but it's not something that's really all that known you know and mm. and um and like uh when when the aboriginal australians are talking about song lines as I understand it, these are lines you travel through the landscape where you follow uh, movement of specific other than humans uh, in create process of creation or something like that. Mm. Is that correct? Or mm. yeah, yeah, like, that's a big big part of it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I think a lot of uh, I think a lot of people need to to or they, they, there's like there's a, there's a need a craving to recreate song lines mm. to re re-engage those uh, and actually also find new ones because mm. so much have been destroyed well look, that, uh, but... that earnest desire for a return to that knowledge it, it it has been um it has been harnessed by this this economic system and by the marketplace mm. and redirected into um you know uh, spiritual consumerism and mm. and just extractivism you know mm. so yeah. people are you know buying buying the things taking the things but but not really understanding you yeah. know the the landscapes yeah. of knowledge that they sit within they're not really understanding yeah. that knowledge as as a praxis and as a everything as a foundation mm. for your life as a foundation yeah. for community mm. totally and, totally yeah and everything you see that a lot you do, they, they're not really seeing that system so you do you you see an, an appropriation in the worst part about cultural appropriation i know we were joking about it before it's not that you know somebody's being exploited that's bad enough mm. but it's just about i mean what's worse are the consumers that are driven you know towards that kind of behavior 
and and what they then miss yeah. you know and it's it's coming from a a, a good place of wanting to connect mm. you know connect with other cultures but then also reconnect yeah. with their own to find yeah. a way to become human again it's this yeah. big desire that's coming out yeah. of a massive trauma and yeah. um you know we need to we need to start directing redirecting mm. those energies into um you know productive spaces you know and I, I really feel like you're a strange attractor for that and like you, you've really done the Thanks. hard yards with the um with your scholarship and uh, not just your scholarship but your your uh, living knowledge work as a man you know in a landscape and in a tradition that mm. you've that you're that you've reconnected with and really done the work in, in mm. you know um and finding the right the right way through because it's a nuanced Thanks. path to walk through that mm. um you, you know, without slipping into a, a lot of the traps that are there, mm. um, you know, and, mm. and I do, and I do think, I, I do think you should stand up and step forward. And I do think yeah. people, people will casually throw slings and arrows at you. You know what I mean? Because it's an easy, because <laughs> yeah. it's easy, you know, yeah. it's yeah. easy to do that. I can yeah. easy go, eh, mm. you know, mm. white doesn't know anything. Boom. I you am know, very um, white now. I, am I not? <laughs> That's that's how you're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess yeah. so. But I, if the, I was like, if I was in your country, the wolves would get me in five minutes. <laughs> Not the right color. They see me straight away. You're just gonna like creep. You're gonna be creeping along. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, no, I think I think the what you're saying about the um, the the consumer system and how uh, the urge is being directed in 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 weird direction yeah. uh, is really pertinent and some of the stuff that you uh, introduced about uh, uh, about good story and bad story distinguishing between those things mm. I think that's very useful like right now there's a there's a TV series on the Netflix which is called uh, the Ragnarok uh, and this is this series uh, is talking about, it's actually made by Norwegians and Danes, but mm. it, it talks about, eco, it transfers the myth of Ragnarok on ecological collapse. Now that's mm. a good thing, it's a good mm. beginning, but mm. it, it uh, applies the extra social forces, they, they, it casts them as uh, the cause of uh, destruction. Now the Ragnarok myth in reality tells us how it is the loss of our connection to these forces mm. that causes interconnectedness to collapse as almost like uh. you know drawing a, a string of yarn out of a knitted sweater and then mm. it all all connectedness just disintegrates and everybody mm. descends into into collapse mm. right that's the real story of the Ragnarok but when it get, becomes like the forces of nature perhaps oh, that's a bad word you know but 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 uh, the it is primordial forces. They are the ones uh, destroying the world. It's not mm. our system in its dis disconnect from these forces. Yeah. The disconnect is enforced. And that's then a, what happened? What a ceremony is. Ceremony keeps creation yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. And and I actually think that then what happens is that this this narration, this myth narration, becomes what you call a myth. Now, no, a curse, because it's. It's reinforcing that very disconnect, which mm. is the according to the Ragnarok myth, which is an mm. analysis of these things, is the cause of the collapse. Yeah. Oh, that was a cur curl up sentence. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did that no, make I, sense? Yeah, I get where you're going with it. Yeah. And so you have a, you know, somebody who doesn't have a clue about 
the, the, what power there is in that kind of myth, who's just shooting it out as if it was Donald Duck. And then, you know, it, yeah, it, it really ends up actually being an invocation of collapse almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, singing those stories, you know, mm. and if, if you're using all those names and, um, yeah, then... Yeah, you're invoking something. I mean, especially if you're invoking yeah. Ragnarok, it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I can see that as having the action of a curse. So, what would be counter curse? Well, counter would be the counter curse for that. That would be if, uh, well, could be that would be if if you know if I got a phone call from Beyonce uh, who wanted to uh, <laughs> to uh, make a a, <laughs> a, a, a global. Uh, a global uh, portrayal of uh, the actual Ragnarok myth as a uh, as a millenarian movement. The thing about the the, the Ragnarok myth mm. is that it's millenarian, man. There's aspects of millenarism, mm. and millenarism. Now that is some wild shit, because that that mm. is the kind of shit that you know beats down the British Empire and builds the state of Kenya or uh, in Haiti uh, kicks out the French and, and, and builds build Haiti or mm. in Khartoum. Mm. They, uh, uh, well, just, just quick to find because for, for most, most people, milliner would mean a hat maker. So <laughs> millinerism hat, hat making, we've got to get back to the helmets with the horns. Well, so, yeah, yeah. it's a little bit like the crazy hatter. Um, no, the... Um, Millenarism is a kind of religious movement that often happens among people when their uh, traditional life world has been ruptured. And then uh, mm. you often mm. see these counter-reactions. Often they mm. borrow aspects of perhaps Judeo-Christian eschatology and stuff like this, mm. but mm. it gets formulated into uh, an expectation of returning to uh, to a right yeah. state of the world, so you have yeah. stuff like the um, like the ghost dance uh, mm. on on the Great Plains as a millenarian yeah. movement. Yeah. Now the 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 Eddie poem where the Ragnarok myth is narrated that's called the Verlusball. Yeah, in that that poem is is narrated in a context where people had just experienced radical cataclysmic climate change in the mm. 6th century mm. and where they had also just experienced radical social reorganization through uh, globalization, urbanization, Christianization and state formation in the early Middle Ages. So in that co context, mm. millenarian feeling of a disrupted world and, and the collapse of the disrupted mm. world is embedded in the Verlospa. The Ragnarok. And that is mm. why a powerful narration of the Ragnarok myth uh, from a from a right story perspective could have uh, perhaps a globally healing uh, impact. Oh, and and everyone will want to see it. You know, everybody's yeah. got yeah. at least a little bit of a Viking fetish. <laughs> Everybody, this, this is yeah. what I <laughs> believe. This this is yeah. Viking fetishism, that's the basin of attraction we need to be leveraging <laughs> structurally. 
the change in the soul of the northern hemisphere yeah that's yeah it. yeah that's well, some of us have a little bit of problem with the inherent nationalism and all that whole thing <laughs> well there there is there's a little bit of that well look it's um and you know that, that phenomenon you're talking about you know it was almost you know so this uh cults arise you know in, in these times uh mm. that's always mm. happened and it will always mm. happen but then there's also um that there's that um there's that next level up beast of fascism, mm. you know, and fascism does arise in these times because, mm. you know, the powerful always do well in a disaster. Mm. You know, the powerful are able to always do more of more land mm. grab to leverage more wealth, you know, um, mm. out of the people, out of the land, mm. out of everything else. And mm. the people know that's happening, mm. you know. So fascism arises when, when, um, <laughs> You know when when uh, you know powerful groups are are able to align with the powerful, mm. you know for that, and then actually demonize the people who are genuinely opposing the powerful in these times. Mm. Yeah, you know, they can demonize them, but they don't just de demonize those political groups who are actually trying to, um, you know, go for a little bit more justice. Uh, mm. They don't just demonize them, but they also demonize vulnerable outsiders, yeah. vulnerable yeah. minorities. You know, yeah. so um, so we're talking homosexuals, gypsies, you name mm. it. You've seen all this in Europe before, mm. Um, mm. you know, and, and that is what fascism is mm. in the end. Yeah. It always follows that pattern. Mm. You know, it always demonizes, you know, um, mm. anything that you might call the left that's looking at mm. social, uh, you know, social justice or, or some kind of at least you know, distribution, not redistribution, mm. but at least enough for everybody to survive on. <laughs> yeah. So whoever those yeah. people are, they're demonized along, along with, you know, um, some mm. selected ethnic minorities or vulnerable minorities. Fascism always does that. And we keep mm. seeing this pattern emerging mm. again and again. And there mm. is a, um, there is some kind of increase thing going mm. on right now where that's spinning and spiraling out in infinitely and horrendously around the world at the moment. And then that creates, you know, like countercultural narratives as well, you know, mm -hmm. against that. And then it's just, it's just, ah, oh, and it always ends badly, always mm -hmm. ends badly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, um, I think, I, th I think it's, I think it's time, mm -hmm. you know, because a yeah. lot of, look, uh, so a lot of people who, who sort of claim Teutonic heritage in their particular, mm -hmm. you know, fascist sex, mm -hmm. sex, <laughs> they're, um, they're, you know, they're, they're always seeking to appropriate, internally appropriate uh, the symbologies and the folklores, you know, yeah. in order to yeah. somehow lend some kind of mystical credence to what they're doing. And, yeah. um, and, and I think this, this has given your Nordic animism, like a, it's, it's given it a bad name. You know, totally. there's probably only 50% yeah. of your tattoos left that you'd even be able to <laughs> <laughs> display, display. <laughs> display on yeah. Instagram anymore. That's why we never see you with a Nips Out photo on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I should start doing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, half you know, your culture has been ruined. by. I need to work on my narcissism, mate. You know, well, well actually, no, I don't. I think I've got enough, yeah. enough of that already. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's actually what i think is important i think what you're talking about here is part of the 
foundational reason that is so important to 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 work with this uh with with this stuff because it means as soon as you talk about euro traditionalism right mm. traditional euro uh, european knowledge you are talking about stuff that has been implicated in you know the cluster fuck of uh uh whiteness and uh, colonialism yeah. and these whole these whole things but that also means that if you're working on it then then it becomes naturally intersectional somehow you are coping you cannot work with euro traditional animism without facing very directly and uh, those things and deconstructing them mm. um and uh so so but this it's healthy because it's leaving you something to go back to yeah like you actually yeah. have somewhere to go to it's like mm. oh these are the bad things. I need to move yeah. away from those. Um, yeah. But but if it's just these are the bad things and that's all there is, I mm. need to move yeah, away from exactly. them. No, you can't. You are just yeah. bad. Yeah. You stay and there with the bad things and keep exactly. doing the bad stuff. Yeah. Um, and that secludes huge <laughs> amounts of, of, of uh, Euro descendants in this sort of modernist non-space where yeah. they they where they uh, where they are they they live inside an epistemology that's part of the root of the problem and mm. this is this is uh perpetuated by the fact kind of reproduced by the fact that you cannot uh you cannot uh, uh or that you naturally would see animist european tradition as perhaps implicated mm. with fascism mm. or something like yeah. that so that idea itself upholds the problem and secludes your descendants from uh from moving to somewhere else well look i feel like we've spent half an hour talking about what it's not cool <laughs> <laughs> let's go into the is because i, yep. I just I, I love hearing you speak about this stuff and the way you speak about it the passion you have for it it's just um you know i think it uh i think <laughs> cool. it electrifies people a little bit like i said the episode that you did with me is the most popular episode here uh, on this podcast like it's yeah, three, to three times more views than anything else <laughs> Yeah, it's got yeah. the it's got the V word. I'll do that again. That's for sure. But, um, <laughs> the V word. <laughs> but I think it's just engaging. It's also a ridiculous. Yeah. I think it was three hours long. That last thing we did was it was insane. We'll keep it down. Keep it down to an hour and a half yeah, tops, yeah. Yeah, tops yeah. this time. <laughs> Maybe hour. But anyway, we'll see yeah. where we go. So let's go into the is. Yeah. I, I don't know if you wanna if you wanna like go back and pick up that spare there with the uh, the horns and the helmet because. You know, for me, pe people sort of go, oh, do you know that the Vikings didn't actually have horns on their helmets and that's just bullshit? Um, well, but then, yeah, you, you, it seemed like you were saying before, no, the horns are a thing. The, the horn, well, actually, the, what I made there was, uh, I, I was just making that I was kind of working on the thing that Vi if we talk about Vikings as a 19th century nationalist imagination, then the true Viking would be that image. So that would right. be the one with horns. Ah, well, all right. the however, Viking, however, there are actually, uh, uh, if you look at archaeology, you actually find uh, ritual maskings where, uh, where there are, where uh, there seem to be uh, kind of raven dancers or ordinic dancers a naked person dancing with two spears or something like that and there's there, there there are horns that that come out of of the head and end in ravens heads so there's oh. that that kind that that idea that the horns are also the human mind transforming into bird form it's a shamanic image of course mm. well the last the, time we the, were talking you were you were deep into raven totemism yeah, yeah, and a, yeah. A, a deep dive into that. How did where, how did you go with that one? Well, I I uh, well, 
I, I launched the the Raven flag, <laughs> the, right. the, the 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 which is kind of a contemporary reinvention of the the actually a Viking war banner, but where we are, but where we're looking at the um, uh, the totemic meanings and bringing out the the totemic meanings of this Raven symbol. And what you'll find is that 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 you find that the northern part of Europe is, is part of kind of a transarctic belt of raven totemism and raven symbolism mm. so you have similar symbolisms of raven among inuits and uh, siberians native americans uh, and northern northern europeans so if you look at at, at these uh, uh, at the Viking Age and Iron Age archaeology, you see these similar motifs. You see, for instance, the merging of the human mm. face with with the the um, with the bird shape in in a similar way that you see among the the peoples that live on the northwest Pacific coast of Amer the Americas, who also mm. have this amazing raven totemism. So they they would have masks that can open where the raven face opens and there's a human face inside so right. what you actually have in these incredibly mystically powerful rituals is you have a a raven member a raven clan member who, who is perhaps raven inside he is wearing a raven mask that has a human inside so the entanglement between the human oh. and the totemic relation yeah. is like the turnaround chinese boxes right yeah. uh and and then you see in in the Nordic um, in the Nordic uh, um, area, you see this thing about the raven, uh, the human face that comes out of the the, the raven form. Hugin and Munin meaning meaning mind and memory. The ravens mm. of Odin. So uh, so what I basically uh, did was I I created uh, with the collaboration of people who knows how to make graphic stuff, a design for that, uh, that Raven flag and launched it as a symbol of community in uh, relation with, with nature. Mm. Um, and so we're pushing it and suggesting it for people who want to go and support the, the Paiute and the Shoshone uh, fight to protect the Thaka Pass in Nevada and uh, people who want to go and protect uh, turtles in the mediterranean and and stuff like that it, it, people are ki kind of we're launching it into these eco uh, eco activist uh or indigenous support activism um contexts mm. which is of course a way also of politically uh uh saying this kind of symbolism which is euro descendant and which a euro descendant can 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 bring into such a situation as his or her or their own, mm, right? Mm. That that should uh, that should have that that color, that that um, direction. And look, uh, I've, I've I've seen I've seen that many like indigenous uh, like revitalization movements, resurgence movements, yeah. you know, of um, of groups, indigenous groups, tribes who have almost had their culture and language obliterated. I've seen uh, indigenous groups, you know, um, recover a language by like having a list of only like a couple of hundred words written down by a missionary once, you know, and then actually try or like reconstructing a language by looking at other similar languages to get the grammar together and then to, you know, 
to to bring to rebirth that language through the landscape there you know i yeah. see people recovering ecosystems and recovering traditions uh recovering dances um you see people in tasmania like um just re recreating just through old drawings that somebody did before you know everybody got <laughs> shot you know just from old drawings like recreating uh reed canoes and things like oh, this wow. you, you see yeah. so you see massive cultural recovery going on you look at uh look at the celtic resurgence that happened in ireland yeah. you know the irish culture and language was almost wiped out completely you yeah. know by the, the um, by the the occupying british uh the occupying mm. english there you know almost wiped out completely and then they had a big celtic revival resurgence movement it was just like half a century it was a few decades you know, to actually rebuild this. I look at what you have. I look mm. at the knowledge that you have. Mm. I look at um, you. You have you have some of the old songs. Some. Mm. Yeah. You you have the old language, mm. like the old language is there, and and you have yeah. full records of that. Um, yeah. You have, you have, you still have like enough lore and story. You have the names of all the entities in the landscape. Mm. You you know where many sacred sites are that are still mm -hmm. active mm -hmm. you know and that are still present in the consciousness of people um mm -hmm. i i can't see why it wouldn't be an immensely you know immensely successful project you know to recover a land-based um nordic culture yeah to recover what? a land-based uh, nordic culture that isn't larping that isn't playing mm -hmm. dress-ups that isn't just you know something you do on the weekend, um, but but a way of life, and yeah. a, and a, and a real you know identity that's mm. beyond some ridiculous seventeenth-century notion of of these arbitrary racial categories. I mean, I can see I can see that doable if the goddamn yeah. Irish could do it. I mean, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, and I I think that is going to happen um and like you said all those things are there but there's one important really really important very important thing that is missing yeah and that's ritual the the uh yeah. the ritual component if you look at the, the the like compared to the celtic heritage extensive sources on the nordic heritage then there is almost nothing in terms mm. of ritual description except for what was absorbed into christianity yeah. yeah and and that's like and and there are there are there's some stuff yeah um and but then what i think part of what the uh, the animist perspective can can give us is also a, a way of looking at at all the kind of stuff that's also there yeah. in a way that 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 can be you know we can understand it for re-engagement well, so that that missing piece that's the revealed knowledge so when you're doing this uh cultural recovery work for people when they've lost you know bloodline mm. connection when they've lost country when they've lost you know uh ceremony you know things like mm. this um there is that that a uh, concept in ik that i haven't heard about for a couple of decades but it's it's that idea of revealed knowledge and yeah. we all still talk about it quite a bit that uh that idea that there is cellular memory you know in mm. in the in the sort of dna of a culture like i'm mm. not just talking about your own body as an individual but you know in 
in a population yeah. that there is a, a kind of memory there there's also yeah. the idea that it is still in the landscape yeah I especially would say... if you have those active sites there yeah. now so it's it's about and i think the key is the thing that you've you've asked me about um you know why you wanted to talk to me today with that that haptic relation with with objects mm-hmm. and and knowledge knowledge is uh, being contained in 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 craft the crafting mm-hmm. of an object and in the object itself mm-hmm. you know uh, so a lot of that same action that happens there mm-hmm. you know that's uh, there's a lot of of revealed knowledge that comes um you know through mastery of that way of doing things because if you can yeah. receive and transmit knowledge using an object then you can understand that same haptic relation with a landscape and the way it can yeah. sing to you the way it can uh, speak to you through groups who are connected yes. with one with one mind yeah you know and yeah and and if we can look at st- uh, at at uh, uh, not only objects but also stuff like food mm. um and uh like in 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 Scandinavia uh, a really really important i think vehicle for landscape memory is the shifting light mm. the fact that it is very dark uh in in uh, in winter uh that it is such a dominating fact of life that the kinds of things that people do around that time of year has an incredible uh capacity to almost like unbelievably reoccur or reaffirm it's like the flip man people are doing this at new year's eve they're making new year's uh mm. what do you call it new year's promises right. these new year's promises you can read about that shit in the sagas that people yeah. are, are at that time of year people are uh, during a, a sacrifice they will say during this coming year i will in the sagas it's stuff like i will conquer england but in the in, in if you look at the folk folklore it's much more like I will be a good husband to my wife in this coming year, you know. Yeah. And and the the um uh the, and it's such a specific thing. It's mm. an incredibly specific thing. Mm. And I don't think I don't I mean that could have disappeared and reemerged four times for all mm. I know mm. in the last thousand years, but it's sort of in the it's in the landscape, it's in yeah, the that biospace that people use light in certain ways. They 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 ritually handle light in certain ways. And they 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 do specific things also with food. Um and uh and so so these kind of things they have some sort of capacity to uh to re-emerge. And yeah. I think in like when we talk about fascism and 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 the emergence of fascism and stuff like that i think there is a um i mean we should be very careful in uh, anything can be i mean my my basic thinking is that almost anything can be taken and pathologized but but um in the animist thinking or not thinking in the animist practice of engaging the world there is that thing that it is relating that's the main thing mm. and there are aspects of carnivalesque behavior for instance mm. around mm. christmas or something like that and these like for instance essentialist nationalisms they look f- inside the human being for relation mm. it's my mm. race it's my culture it's my whatever but when you when you're looking out at the the shifting of the light or the cohabitants of the land and creating relating with those 
beings or factors or uh, stuff that happens in your buy room, then I think there is in that a, a, um, uh, a fundamental fundamentally non-fascist way of, of being yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think, I just think it was really important to draw that distinction and demarcate. Mm -hmm. And it is, yeah. it, it's important yeah. to have those there because they, um, it's, a, it's amazing how, how much of a toehold, if they get a toehold in, um, yeah. it, it's, it's done. It's, it's incredibly yeah. effective memes, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what they have there. And it's, yeah. and it's just for a few comments, you know, yeah. It's just, you know, and, and, yeah. and it can seem quite unreasonable, you know, it's well, it's these, uh, it's these, it's these, you know, banking families, it's these big banking families are, uh, yeah. you know, making yeah. all the trouble around here and yeah. oh, tell me about that, you know? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know, in the early days, Mussolini sort of, you know, he had a, he had, a, yeah. had some good points. He had yeah. some good points. <laughs> And you before know you know it, you're at the protocols of the Ellis Learners you know Society. Oh, it's just oh, we should be able to have these conversations. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like yeah, yeah stop leveraging. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, well, exactly that kind of thing. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Implement your massive bloody yeah, yeah. What, regime that's going what is it? The evangelists are saying. Yeah, and kill yeah. me. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, so you got to watch and, those bastards. And, yeah, and so I mean, you got to name it at the door. That has to be part of your of your boundary. Yeah, boundary, totally, totally. Boundary relations that you're totally. policing yeah. around this thing as it emerges, yeah. Um, yeah, because totally. it's good and it will be attractive. It'll be yeah. attractive to everything, and you yeah. know, in it's in in sort of that evolutionary way that that adaptation occurs. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. O yeah. Over time, it's there yeah. are there are just adaptations. Yeah, and they're neither yeah. good nor bad, and there are agents yeah. moving around, and they're neither good nor yeah. bad. But you know, it can go the wrong way. It's, it can, um, you know it what can. I mean, because yeah. it can, it, and I'm, you know, evolution yeah. as a as a yeah. as a force doesn't give a shit. If yeah, totally, you know, totally. If you and if, spirit, if, if what you're doing is aren't stuff, politically correct, stuff that's preferable like just, or not, yeah. just like yeah, fascism, mm. bloody mm. anarchism, totally. social is same yeah. same one. Don't, I don't care. They, yeah. They're coming in. You totally. Know, so yeah. Oh, so uh, I, I follow yeah, you totally, and I'm... evolution doesn't care. And there are evolutionary yeah. pressures going on around uh, when yeah. you start to put something together like this, and you yeah. have been on YouTube for a while, and you yeah. have been out there in the world for a while sharing your work. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's attracted people. Yeah. It certainly yeah. attracted me, you know. And, and it's um and and I am seeing them also being attracted to my work to my work. I mean, whenever yeah. I see it, uh, I'm 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 very cancel uh oriented about it <laughs> I, I i block and cancel yeah. people uh with a very uh, with a very quick hand because yeah. i uh i'm paranoid about that happening yeah uh, and because it would be this would be a catastrophe not only for my little way of thinking it would it would yeah. consolidate the seclusion of all euro descendants from access to it's, traditional it's, culture it, it's it, difficult it is a though, catastrophe. because you can't be coming in you can't be acting based on fear either no, you know no. you need to be reasonably no, fearless exactly. with, the, with the entire thing. Yeah. So um, you know, get and, your horns on. Yeah, and and I mean, I, I've launched stuff that that like for instance the raven the raven flag. I mean that that uh, my original idea was actually focused on my own country Denmark. I want yeah. to hack the Danish flag. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. so my original idea was to 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 use the colors of the Danish flag, but when it was that bright red and that bright white color, when those went together, 
Yeah. It just looked a little bit too Nazi. It just yeah. looked a little bit too fucking fascist. Yeah. And so I was like, well, that project has to fall. And I, I will phrase it, put it into a different and more uh, global uh, context, yeah. which is also, I think, actually a better idea. Like I it, said, for for a yeah. while, a, a lot of a lot of your symbols are just ruined. And, and yeah. but you know, I, like I was saying, you've got enough of a very rich, very rich treasure to draw on. Um, all the mm -hmm. things that you have, you know, the just the the reams of stuff that I read that you produced, and and things that I've listened to you doing. I know it's just scratching the surface, but there is a there's there's, there's a lot of really really rich stuff to draw on there. Yeah. And look, um, yeah. but then you also have that you praxis of our friend, our mutual friend that we were talking about before, Michelle Gruber. Um, yeah you know he's his what's his main data set is the land itself yeah the land yeah. itself and his inherited law from his great-grandfather you know mm. of of yeah. how, how the land works yeah. he, he's basically just out reading the landscape and doing what he has to be doing in the landscape what mm. it's telling him to do and yeah. how much of the craft yeah. is he doing how much of the everything is he doing he had yeah. I, I spent two hours talking to him about tracking you know, yeah. he, he knows more about tracking than I do. And I didn't think he would. I'm like, yeah, this Dutchman, he's not going <laughs> to out-track me. And I'm like, oh, he just out-tracked me. He's good. <laughs> you know, yeah. he knows his stuff. Like, he, he, could wow. sit down with, he could sit down with some of my old people, his um, wow. his yeah. knowledge there. You know, yeah. and it, it is. I couldn't do it that. From that <laughs> it's just from that true relation with the yeah. landscape. And look, yeah. he told me the story the other night about the salamanders. The salamanders, she. No, <laughs> but the salamanders, you know, because I've heard that story and, you know, it, it's in this kind of mystical tradition of, you know, magical fairy creatures, you know, mm. that, that's mm. where how we get it, you know, mm. in the English speaking world gets these stories as folklore. Mm. It's like, mm. oh, there's mm. these magical salamanders that don't get burned by fire. Mm. I don't know if you come across that, but you know, yeah, in the, the English-speaking world, yeah. it's like a, it's a trope. I, like I think it's mm. in Harry Potter at some stage. You know, mm. the, the magical <laughs> salamanders that, that can walk through fire. Um, yeah. But he was saying, "Oh no, but that's a story about a seasonal. That's a seasonal indicator story, because that's okay. that's the time when you're supposed to burn off the land in this place. Yeah. And when you yeah. burn off the oh, land." Yeah, yeah. You know, when you get these flowers over here, these insects over here, then that's the signal to burn. Yeah. And when you burn because you're part of that system, then that's a signal to the salamanders to, to end their hibernation and come up yeah. from the ground. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. they come wow. up, of course, and crawl through the yeah. hatch, you know, um, after the Shit. fire has passed because that's the seasonal yeah. signal yeah. to them. And yeah. he's saying the salamander population is decreasing now because people aren't burning the land there. Yeah as they're supposed yeah. to every year yeah. in that season. They're supposed yeah. to wake the salamanders up, and now only half of them are waking up, and the rest yeah. are dying, dying down there yeah. and not waking up, yeah. you know? So it's really important. But I just imagine yeah. before you said one thing we don't have is a ceremony and dances. But, you know, there's, there's <laughs> ceremony in that, in the yeah. landscape. Because yeah. that next step for him, if he was to, you know, be bringing ceremony, it would be having a lot of generations in a group you know, performing that burning, you know, mm -hmm. as a ritual, and then yeah. standing and observing together the salamanders crawling yeah. as they come up from the dirt. What's yeah. the movements and yeah. what's the rhythm that they're employing yeah. in that yeah. war, war, in that walk? What else happens? Yeah. 
what are the Ravens doing at that time? What's the, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's these things where the land speaks to you and gives yeah. you your movements, gives yeah. you your rhythm, gives yes. you your, yeah. you know, and your way of interpreting that with how your bodies yeah. work because yeah. that's in you as well. You know, yeah. so it's there. There's that revealed yeah. knowledge totally. from yeah. a landscape, but also from your collective ancestral being together. Yeah. You couldn't do that on your own. If it was one fellow standing there and making up a dance, mm. that's not it. Yeah. You know, but it's 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 in those groups mm. and where nobody's just, you know, trying to look to come out on top and be special. And, yeah. you know, yeah. you got to watch that yeah, narcissism. Exactly. If it's something <laughs> yeah, that you're yeah. feeling together, you start yeah. moving together and gradually mm. then over decades, mm. you yeah. know, things will emerge that become yeah. ritual. Yeah. And then from ritual, and things that emerge will emerge that become ceremony, big ceremony. Yeah. Yes, and totally. you find the paths totally. of the progression yeah. between those sacred sites and what yeah. the seasons are to, to do those things and when yeah. the increased ceremonies need to happen. It's yeah. it's all recoverable and it's yes. all there. Yeah. yeah, totally. And I think like when you're saying this now, I'm thinking that that one uh one obvious way or one possible way to to perhaps kickstart this process could be looking at the um, uh, agrarian cycles. If you look at if you look at the uh, the wheel of seasons, then what you really have is not that like Yule or Christmas is not is not a point where people are supposed to do a lot of things inside. What it really is is it's more like a node in processes of transformation of life uh, life sustenance. So the, 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 the calendar, the animist calendar is really this sort of, uh, cyclical processes of humans participating in transformations that you are, you're, con and, and you're constantly in, in ceremonial relationship with, uh, life substances. You, you make I, I candles. That. I got that from your calendar that you sent me. Yeah. 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 And like, so for instance, like now we're in, we're in, in autumn now, Northern Europe or fall, we're moving into fall, late summer. The, the, the hymns from England about John Barleycorn. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you are aware of this song. These are, these are hymns that are in fact lamenting the violence that humans do to the barley that, mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and and how that is also life giving, and the result of this, uh, the result of the process is the beer, which is then like the vessel for relation, the vessel for interconnectedness that that uh, makes possible all kinds of relations, interactions, both between humans on a lot of different levels. Beer in Northern Europe has been almost like tobacco among uh, mm. Native, Native Americans. Oh, uh, but and, I mean that 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 the process, beer making process, mm, yeah, and the rest of it involved right down to consumption. That, that's that's always yeah. been a very huge thing. I know in the Zulu tradition, that yeah. beer beer making process is a huge, massive ritual significance, yeah, ceremonial significance, like very important yeah. something, yeah. Uh, okay, I wasn't aware that the Sulu. I was aware that the the Tswana had it had it, but uh, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look at that because I'm I'm, I'm we'll be moving into looking seriously yeah. at beer. I was there was a, uh, a a Zulu cab driver I had once who was telling me about it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He said it's very very sacred, very central. Yeah. To everything. To and, totally. Yeah. Like the 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 ceremonial alchemy that people used to have in the production of beer 
is of a com like complexity and power and beauty that like when I've been reading about it, it, it takes my breath away. And some of it is wild and bacantic. And, and you have, while you're brewing, you have hosts of women fighting around the, 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 the kettles where you are, uh, where you're brewing, because these fighting women, they, they, that will imbue the, the brew with, with, with the right kind of uh, power. I mean, yeah. and, and, and so and there's all kinds of, of yeah, those kind of rituals. The, yeah. Well, right, right down to everything, like from constructions mm. of femininity and what femininity is, yeah. you know, and, mm. and what masculinity is. Yeah, you know, like a, a a male doing a ritual. It's not about I will vanquish my enemies. Rah! It's about <laughs> you know, I will. You're be appropriating a, my accent now. <laughs> I will be a good husband and uh, and be nice to my wife. Uh, yeah, and uh, look after my children this year. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's uh, yeah. It's it's it, it tells you everything you need to know about how to live. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it, it's these In, these land based cultures. You know, yeah, In specifically it, it, with masculinity, this, this is what we all need to recover, and people yeah. need to know that there's a path home. Mm -hmm. Yes, totally, totally. The um, uh, let me just add to the masculinity thing that what actually there actually used to be the idea which uh, in, in the pre Christian um, uh, period was called ergi, which is mm -hmm. that a man involved in specific um, shamanic activities. Uh, becomes um, uh, becomes femi feminized. Mm. Uh, so and uh, and this uh, so for instance the, the god Odin mm. is uh, has aspects of transsexuality to him because uh, he performs the seder the, yeah. the the shaman shamanism and this uh, and and in the in, as Northern Europe went into Christianity, you see that the sort of uh, there's change in how that is perceived, and it, mm. there, there starts to be this idea that it's, yeah. it's super super cowardly or something like that. Um, yeah, but but it's always been such a, a sacred part, like of all of, mm. all of our um, of you know a lot of ceremonies all around the world going right back. You know, mm. some of the holiest of holies you mm. know, has has been around transgenderism, and for yeah. that role to be lost. And for these yeah. people to still be born and then mm. find that they're, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, especially if they're born poor, like the only occupation then that's that's open to them is prostitution. It's just, mm. it's just, it, oh, it's just barbaric. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely barbaric. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the, it's, you know, it's, you know need, the... Um... It's, yeah, it's, it's, that's just the thing. It's, it's land-based cultures, you know, it, it honors mm. everybody. Yeah. You know, everybody, you, the the, mm. the way you are born has a place mm. Mm. in that system, in that living system, that living yeah. social system, which is part of the living landscape, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. everything has a place in that and serves a purpose and has mm. di dignity, yeah. you know, is dignified with, with being yeah. in its right niche. Um, yeah. Yeah, in, in the in the Yoruba traditions that survived in in, uh, in the Americas, uh, particularly in Brazil, you find um, this is the, the religion is called Candomblé. That's what I mm. did my uh, PhD about, and in that space, 
you've, uh, that is sometimes characterized as a queer matriarchal religion uh, right. because what, they, what these people did uh, was that they, they built what you could almost call ontological safe spaces mm. to maintain these hardcore uh, imminent uh, technologies uh, inside uh, on, or under huge pressure of modernity. Mm. Uh, and modernist hege hegemon and in those spaces uh, there's uh, a lot of, of uh, transgender priesthood uh, mm. and, and queer uh, priesthood yeah is those uh, the candomblé uh, Yoruba Brazilian tradition is mostly the priesthood is mostly women and homosexual men mm. who are um well, I, 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 I've noticed in your work that that's, that's been, um, you know, um, that that's been part of your finfaring, uh, yeah. work, um, which you, you might go a bit into that tradition, um, and, and what that means as well. But I mean, that, uh, that, that kind of cultural embassy that, that, that your people have always had with different, uh, ind indigenous groups, um, through that finfaring kind of, uh, practice. Yeah, I, I noticed that your um, your work in in, in Brazil oh, and your learning in Brazil has um, has bit, formed a big part of your finfaring tradition. Very much, very much, Ali. Um, well, I mean, to just maybe I should just mention finfaring uh, a little bit. Uh, it's the the concept finfaring is actually known from laws that were made in the Christian period that prohibited specific kinds of intercultural activity that mm. was named finfaring so mm. there are these medieval laws that say you are not allowed to go and visit the Finns. Mm. and the word Finns is in that period it means different yukri speaking peoples probably primarily the sami right mm. the sami has been called Finns, but also kaino and suomi and mayan and different sort of mm. groups a mm. little bit but um but uh, primarily the sami so that so there was this idea that that uh, you are not allowed to uh finna which means going to the Finns to acquire um the site mm. uh, or you're not allowed to yer finfara meaning performing the fin fairing or um yeah different uh expressions along those lines mm. so this indicates that, well, along with a lot of other um, uh, descriptions and sagas and so on, that that people before Christianity had a um, relation with the Sami, or that Nordic peoples, Germanic people, Nord speaking Nordic peoples, had close relationships with with the Sami that were relationships of cultural exchange. Mm. Um, you also see, by the way, that. Um, that uh, when you read in the sagas that that there is a pervasive idea of kinship people mm. and this is like kings uh, we usually you know if you move into the into the fascist perceptions again you'd imagine that viking kings they're probably all about being buried in ships between mm. or below piles of axes and stuff like yeah. that uh, but what what you find is that when they are narrating themselves, they are they are emphasizing that they descend from Sami. So mm. they say, okay, but you know, for instance, was it Harold the Fair Hair who who laid the 
foundational stone for the uh, for, for, for Norway uh, married a Sami woman and if I remember correctly, then their descendants were the ones that later became sort of rulers there. Mm. And they mm. emphasize this in their sagas. We mm. don't know if it's true if he actually married, you know, mm. but it's an important thing is that they say it. They think yeah. that is important. There, so is a, there, is a, there is a Norse king now that, that claims Sami descent. I'm sure I've heard that. I can't remember, but one of the royal families, I, I, I heard that they claim that descent okay. uh, in, in modern times, yeah. Okay, okay, mm. well, yeah, probably, mm. uh, it's not, not uh, impossible. So there was, but the point was that, that there was this idea of going to the Sami to learn actual um, seder or, or shamanism, right? Mm. So, uh, and I think what this probably indicates is that that people didn't look at their culture or their animist practice as these sort of uh, closed systems that were mm, sort mm. of embedded in kind of essentialist notions of culture or something like yeah. that. It was rather transformative technologies that were about relating to landscapes and so on. Yeah. So, uh, so this, and I actually think that this idea of going to the other uh, to to uh, learn stuff is something that you see also manifesting through uh, history in so many ways mm. when people are attracted to the mystic east or orientalism and these kind of things that is sort of driven by a similar fundamental drive that the other is probably the person who knows shit that you don't know <laughs> yeah and yeah uh, <laughs> and once again it's then, coming from that 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 good Longing, you know, for, for yeah, the right, exactly. right way, exactly. But, um, but it, you know, but it get, can so easily become twisted by the, the structures, the structures that they have to follow in in that, uh, yeah, you know, in in those spaces and marketplaces. Yeah, it's it perverted into a consumer-driven yeah. uh, weirdness, or yeah. that um, that that <laughs> that weird end of days cultish <laughs> behavior. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And what you see in in uh, what you see also in through cultural history is that this idea of the Sami as the other also mm. takes incredibly uh, brutal and oppressive forms when you yeah. when you come a little bit further down history. Yeah. Like witch hunts uh, in Norway targeted Sami, Nuaidit, the Sami uh, <clears throat> shaman, shamans. Um, and, and so people yeah. got murdered, basically. Yeah. But then, uh, at the same time, Victorian England was appropriating stuff from some culture to, you know, do what they they were just having yeah. like a cultism from around the world was just something you did at parties. Yeah, rich people did at parties <laughs> in the in the Victorian yeah. era. And it was just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah. Mm. No, that yeah, there was a period where where the Sami kind of became this sort of trope of the sorcerer sort of yeah. thing in, in, in European yeah. history. But but important thing I think is to remember that the root of that uh of that uh idea actually came from cultural exchange that yeah. was yeah. Uh, that was respectful and, mm. and um yeah. well look as we come towards the end of the things so I I wouldn't mind referencing a, another relationship we have um in, in common like in our sort of developing 
you know kind of family of relations that that we're gradually mm. building here brother mm. and um and that's the elder um from here i, I know she won't want to be named because she likes to go quiet but uh, <laughs> the elder from here who asked me to who asked me to introduce her to you um yeah yeah and uh so this is an elder for, who for some time has been having a lot of dreams um mm. about uh nordic landscapes and and a lot of different entities of spirit you know in your landscapes and in your part of mm. the world and uh, you know volcanoes and elves and all kinds of things she's been really mm. you know having a lot of uh dream about that a lot of kind of visions about that mm. and uh she's learning a lot about that and um yeah it, it was it was my great pleasure to bring the two of you into relation and we had yeah. a lot of correspondence over a, a long time and sharing lots mm. of uh lots of knowledge so I, I really i'm really glad to have facilitated that bit of finfaring for you too. yeah that's it was yeah. uh, amazing uh and and also amazing how the like in in your case the indigeneity that is being constructed today yeah. or is being being alive today has mm. song lines that that yeah. go from australia to wales and denmark and stuff like that it's yeah that it's, and she's it's very dynamic these things. And yeah transformational and yeah extremely yeah. uh interesting yeah. yeah well um you know she, I, I know she was she's she was really impressed with your with your um breadth and integrity of knowledge um you, you know in, in your traditions as well and yeah she was she was just really thrilled to be able to spend that time with you and um you know um yeah have, yeah have i'm, I'm hoping to meet her actually yes is she in scotland now or i don't know where she is okay she's okay. just um I, she's she's all over the place you never know what she's going to be doing next okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's um yeah she she's i don't know she's just one of the most wonderful people you ever speak to she but she's very she's very abrupt and when she's done she's done <laughs> you know she's yeah. a, yes yes i've moved on from that now i'm, I'm looking at this you know and okay she's yeah. bam 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 and she's yeah, following yeah. yeah following all these threads um i'm always about eight beats behind her um i love that feeling know. when you're like that when there's somebody who's that you know yeah yeah so dynamic that you're like wow <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's where you there is uh, that's when you're going places yourself you know there's a dynamic energy that comes with really um like vibrant older women you, you know um mm. who, who are really in their power and in their knowledge um it's just it, it's just always breathtaking to me um and just all, always very exciting to be around and just i mean yeah. they always need things and you just want to bring them <laughs> yeah <laughs> bring them the things yes yeah, honey yeah. bring, bring <laughs> she's like thank you go away อ๋อเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเออเ
Okay. Got, was that the guy it. called Joshua Scray or something like that? Oh, there was something called. It, I listened. I, I listen I know to some, it. No, no, no. That's another guy. Josh Shrey is okay. another one. He's another one. Who's okay. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because I, 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 uh, I heard this uh, podcast where you were talking to him and you were describing mm. the uh, the technologies of the rainmaking, and I was like, mother, that is some. <laughs> like uh, my pupils just dilated, you know, a little bit when you were I making know, I, that I description. Should have mentioned that was just the the kids' version of that. <laughs> <laughs> but but even that, I mean, that's pretty much all I have access to is a children's level of knowledge. But you know that yeah. that that's enough. It's enough for a life of work for me, um, yeah. And, yeah. and and certainly enough for um, a, a life of, of of embassy with other people around the place as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it is yeah. very exciting work to be doing, Russ. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah. So anything you wanted to wrap up with? Um, I don't know. Um, not particularly just, just that super nice to, uh, talk to you again. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah, as, up. as I was telling you before we started recording, I think it's so amazing to watch the way that that uh, the language that you've introduced and are introducing is it's as if it's giving opening a new space for people to talk about these things that wasn't really there before and it's as if there's just a, a, like a hole in, uh, in it's as if you punched a hole in like the the modernist epistemology and now a lot of people are just kind of streaming into your podcast and and all over the the podcast or sphere on the internet you're fi finding people who are thinking in in very aligned ways i i, I really think it's amazing you it's know, a, a, an you amazing know what, thing I, you've I done i was just about to say how how lovely it is to be able to have, um yarn with you and have a good laugh with you and just as you were saying that i, I think i think that's what it is it's just yeah. pe people people perceiving their permission to be able to laugh together yeah yeah around yeah. this stuff that it that yeah. it's not all solemn yeah and dignified all the time and it's not depressing yeah. all the time and yeah. you know um awful and we, we yeah. can have a really good laugh about it we can have yeah. a good laugh even about the horrible yeah. things that we want yeah. to change about ourselves yeah because uh, no, what's think, more transformative yeah. than laughter um, no i think so it's an incredibly important point maybe that's yeah. all it is maybe what's that's yeah. what that uh that hole that's been punched through you're talking about it's just probably uh, you know, it's yeah. probably an important part of Laughter. it because yeah. because the the like the like the 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 perspective shifts that come that comes with humor that that they are profoundly generating and yeah. they're also liberating for the spirit and 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 this means that that uh, that uh, that space will be very very creative and if yeah, you yeah. have spaces of talking uh, or communication that are uh, where there's this. What's the word in English now? Um, austerity. There's this very strict austerity about mm. what you can, what you can say or think. Then, then, then it won't. I it know. won't be as productive. Yeah. Things won't grow out of it with the same power as if there's a, uh, um, uh, as if there's humor present mm. somehow. Mm. Um, I think. Well, it's, I mean, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it, we we could have kicked off with a a very austere discussion of you know asymmetrical power relations um and and group identities and things like this um it's it's that's not i, I don't think we would have learned half as much uh from that as like a, a 30 second 30 seconds of joking and laughing together about how 
I'm allowed to wear your your culture as a Halloween costume, but you're not allowed to wear mine. <laughs> you know, and to, yeah, and just yeah. just to be able to laugh together about that and yeah. um and yeah. make those jokes. I think um, I think that there's more to learn in that, and, yeah. and more yeah. more growth that that, that yeah. happens in that. Um, yeah. Than, than yeah, in that laughter than than in, in, yeah. in all the austere dialogue and, mm. and 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 just horribly boring conversations that you could yeah. have otherwise yeah I mean, and i mean of course it's also important to i don't know i mean i've, I've been thinking a, some somewhat about it with uh regards to when you're a heterosexual man and you know groups of heterosexual men have this tendency to for instance joke about being gay and that's actually not okay you know and but if and and there's a very for instance erotic joking is awesome and everybody yeah. loves it but it's also important to to have that those awarenesses of 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 that that humor can also be weaponized kind, yeah there's a different in, kind of laughing the different yeah. kind of laughter though yeah you know that's that's different that yeah, that's a main exactly. thing that's that's weapon, yeah. weaponizing like something that's good and true that we're supposed yeah. to do together that, yeah. that helps us grow yeah. and bond and connect yeah you know it's uh yeah. it's the sort of fascist manipulation of of um <laughs> all yeah. of our best things yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, exactly all the best things fascism tends to do that it weaponizes the things that bring people together and yeah. um, brings together usually vulnerable people after a period mm. of war it'll bring together mm. traumatized veterans who've got uh, mad skills and who've been left behind um yeah, yeah it, it'll usually bring those ones together and um and leverage some pretty horrendous things out of that yeah. anyway um but that's uh that's where we are now with the fascism's cool. a thing and we've got to uh got to look out for it my brother yeah we're gonna fight and, that um, shit, bro <laughs> yeah yeah well i think uh best way to do that is to build things that are stronger and and definitely and because the yeah, people, definitely. you know, fascism is always made up of groups of people who have nowhere else to go. Yeah. So we've got to make sure that people have somewhere to go. Um, yeah, and I, exactly. I think, uh, and the, and when you're, leftists, you're, you're building that. I'm trying. I'm trying. I've, I've really been thinking, actually, you know, I've really been thinking a lot about the thing that of sort of feeling the pain of, of being a little bit on the progressive left and only saying no to stuff. Like if, if, if you are, if you're not saying if you're not bringing something positive to the table, then you're actually, you're actually uh, might just be making the situation wor worse at the end of the day, because a lot of people will of course go to the places where something is being offered. Mm. Um, so, uh, so it's really important to, to have uh, a positive production of, of, of meaning and of um, togetherness and practice and yeah. these things. Yeah. Well, we're gonna get there totally thanks, thanks so much Rune. Uh, always so good You're to welcome. talk to you can't wait for our next one yeah, yeah. definitely let's talk again yeah yeah okay but so.